Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Sometimes the top story is just there, easy to see, no questions asked. Sometimes you got to dig for it. Sometimes you got to look for it. But if you're lucky, if you're lucky, sometimes the story that nobody else is looking at, nobody else is paying attention to, or at least in the way you're paying attention to it, just drops in your lap as if manna from heaven. That's what I just got from John Kerry. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. No, don't get me wrong. The Ocasio-Cortez audio, why don't Republicans want to teach their kids how not to be racist? It's the elitism on display. Don't you know that you're the problem, that you don't know anything? What makes you think that you have in any way, shape, or form some kind of lock on decency and humanity and goodness? Why do you continue to move down the line in such a way with this irrational thought that you know best to teach anti-racism why don't republicans want their kids to know the tradition of anti-racism in the united states why are republicans trying to ban books in this country why are republicans trying to ban speech why are they trying to fire certain professors why are they attacking the core roots of history in this country that strays anything beyond what we already know in fact you have folks like kevin mccarthy making statements that sound like he's never even read Martin Luther King in his life, trying to ban books that actually talk about the history of the civil rights movement and institutional racism in the United States. It is the political left that has banned Irreversible Damage by Abigail Schreier. We should be opposed to the banning of books. Which books do you believe are being banned? Nobody is talking about banning Ibram Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. It's just noting that the book teaches racism. No one has discussed banning Robin DiAngelo's book, White Fragility. It's just important to know that she's just on the grift and taking advantage of people. She is coming from no place of fact or knowledge, and there's Don Lemon eating it up. Why don't Republicans want us to learn how to not be racist? Why don't Republicans want us want kids to know how to not be racist? Do you know how absolutely diseased that is? The manipulation of a conversation? Let me say it this way to Representative Ocasio-Cortez. You don't know how not to be racist, you anti-Semite-loving bigot. I'm up for the fight.
You talk and hang out with Jeremy Corbyn. You defend Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. You don't want to, you want to be called an anti-Semite? All right, you commie-loving jerk. Oh, is that too much? Well, you sided with Cuba over the United States and determined that the people of Cuba aren't actually protesting against the oppression of the communist dictatorship, but rather it's the evil of the American embargo. What name do I get to call you? No, I get it. We'd be better off if we weren't calling anybody any names. But you lie like this. That's a pretty jerky thing to do. You lie about Republicans, what Republicans are saying. You lie about critical race theory. You lie about anti-racism as if you have a secret knowledge that other people simply do not have. And while that's wholly untrue, this brings us to John Kerry, the failed presidential candidate, the former senator from Massachusetts, the guy who threw his medals over the wall when I don't think he actually did, and now the climate envoy for Joe Biden. So, obviously, we're meeting at a very difficult time in the pandemic. And the COVID crisis still holds too many people at risk of severe illness, hospitalization, and death. And while the extraordinary technological development of vaccines is helping to ease the crisis, we are obviously not yet through it. I am very sorry to say uh, the suffering of COVID will be magnified many times over in a world that does not grapple with and ultimately halt the climate crisis. Oh, COVID? Well, yeah, that's a thing. But why should it interrupt my desires to talk about climate change and how the world is going to just end because it was supposed to end in the 70s and then we were going to be drowned in the 90s and the 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. I, but, but now I'm the climate czar, right? I'm the climate envoy. I can't miss my opportunity. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away it's pathetic how great oh you're only worried about covid (laughs) let me tell you what you should really be worried about don't have the luxury of waiting until covid is vanquished to take up the climate challenge so it's good to be back in the uk where my friend alok sharma and his team are hard at work preparing to host the UN Climate Conference, COP26 in Glasgow, this November. And I am particularly grateful to join you in this remarkable setting. It's an amazing place, which is both a living tribute to nature's beauty, but also its fragility. And fundamentally, the struggle to tackle the global climate crisis is just as simple and profound as this place. It's about protecting and preserving the fragile world that we share. It's about understanding that it costs more 
not to respond to the climate crisis than it does to respond. And it is without exaggeration about survival. Oh, again, it's about survival. The same exact argument that Representative Ocasio-Cortez makes about Republicans and CRT, which is more than just Republicans, by the way. Lots of parents, regardless of their political affiliation, don't want this bigotry taught. And it is bigotry. It teaches hate. It teaches oppressed versus oppressor. It teaches classism. It teaches people to strip away people's individuality and only look at color of skin. It declares a level of guilt for existence. That's what CRT does within the schools through that concept of intersectionality. That's what anti-racism does in stripping away the individual. But it's, it, you know, it's, they, they, they know. You don't know, they know. It's the same conversation from John Kerry. Why don't you want these things that we tell you are good for you? The climate loons have been lying about the climate since the beginning. In the 70s, it was ice ages. It was John Kerry who said, I forget the year, that the the seas were going to rise and we were going to be underwater. And of course it never happened. Talk to hunters. Talk to farmers. Talk to ranchers. These people. These people understand about conservation. They understand the need for a good, healthy planet and good, healthy soil to be able to create lives and build lives. They get it. They've always understood it. You, you now want to declare that they, they don't because you do? The person who works the land doesn't get it, but the guy in, in the suit that his wife bought him and flies private gets it? But what they do is, is that they start from a point of view. And the point of view is we have the secret knowledge and you must follow us. And if you don't, well, then clearly you hate children. You want your kids to be racist. You want your kids to die. You don't want your kids to have clean air and clean water. We get how foolhardy they sound. Now, this brings us to uh, that, that, that part two conversation. Which is, shouldn't we just let these people talk themselves out of existence? Shouldn't we let them just talk and talk and talk, and eventually they'll exhaust themselves from their nonsense? This actually got brought up to me uh, by by my wife, who was listening, I, th- I think it was to the Rogan podcast, and uh and I, gu- I guess it was it was this conversation about could could things accelerate like that's where it came from. And, and when, I, when I heard her say this, I said, no, it can't. So the idea was, you know, the, if, if you just let these people talk and talk and talk, eventually everyone will get sick and tired of them and wear themselves out. Conceptually, I get the point. There are two problems. Number one, you'd have to accept the fact or you have to understand the fact in order to accept the fact that the left never tires Part of being on the political left is always finding a new boogeyman, always finding a new enemy. Because if you don't, how can you elevate yourself? 
Since so much of the leftist worldview, political view, is about elevating oneself over others, you must constantly be finding the thing that you must elevate yourself over. Therefore, something has to be wrong. Someone has to be evil. Some danger has to be happening. Some evil has to be uh, uh, pushed, foisted upon an unsuspecting people who aren't smart enough, capable enough, and able enough to be able to handle it on their own. The, 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 the ideology requires a sacrifice. And there's never a limit to the supply of those things can be sacrificed, including at times people on their side. So that's number one of why you can't just let them go because they'll never stop. Number two, if you were to let them go so they could wear themselves out, remember that these people have power. And while they are wearing themselves out and we all bide our times until they just get exhausted and finally take a nap instead of this tantrum these children are throwing, what they can do and the decisions they can make make life easier for people like China and Russia, etc., which makes life far more difficult for us. So no, you can't just let them wear themselves out. But whether it's Ocasio-Cortez talking about what she thinks about racism and she knows nothing, or whether it's John Kerry talking about climate and he knows nothing, the belief system is the same. They know what's best. You're not listening. You must hate children. They know what's best. You're not listening. You're uneducated. They know what's best. You're not listening. You need to be punished. The elites used to have the common decency just to leave Americans alone. Now they want Americans to obey. As Ocasio-Cortez would say, and it's true about her, the cruelty is the point. I'm Tony Katz. Senate Democrats proposing a whole rewrite of military draft laws. And the Senate Armed Services Chair, Jack Reed, Democrat, he would like to have women required to register for the draft. Now allow me to be the sexist you've always dreamed of. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, at Tony Katz, I oppose the draft. And I oppose women being drafted. I do not oppose women who want to be in the military. I oppose the draft of women. I believe that there is a difference between women and men. There is just a difference. And not only is there a difference in the biology, there is a difference in the job done for society. Now, You can tell me that's terrible and that's disgusting, and I will tell you, nobody asked. Of course you can have your opinion, but I am neither terrible nor disgusting for making note that no society is better off when you have compulsory military service. And no society is better off when it says women have to fight. That doesn't mean there aren't societies that have this. Israel is one of those societies. Women fight 
and the service is compulsory. What I said is no society is better off, and I put forth to you that Israel is not better off because it has this. It has this because it knows it's not better off and has to maintain its edge. They are forced into having compulsory service, forced into having women in compulsory service. Forced. My conversation is not about whether women can fight the fight. My conversation is about an understanding of history, of society, and of values. I do not want a society where the women are asked to fight. Tony, do you see them as weaker? Physically, they are weaker. That's not the conversation. Do you see them as mentally weaker? Absolutely, positively not. I argue that it is obvious to anyone who has ever trained for a second that men are more apt to warfare. That is not a conversation of women not being capable of warfare. But in this conversation, we are discussing the idea of being drafted into warfare. And no society is better off doing that with women. Now, you can tell me, Tony, that's a rather old school methodology. I get it. I hear you. As a matter of fact, I'm agreeing with you. I think it's the job of men in a society to protect women. That is different than asking whether women can protect themselves. Can Misha Tate protect herself? Well, of course she can. She'd break my arm in two. That's not the conversation we're having. We're having a conversation about what society we create and build moving forward. I put forth to you that without ever having discussed it in depth with the Israelis, the Israelis would much rather have a society where they didn't have to have compulsory military service. And they didn't have to draft women. You're better off when you have a volunteer force. Now, if you need to draft, you should do so. But that means you're in a horrible terrible awful spot and what did i say no society is better off with forced compulsory i should say service and they're not better off by doing so with women but this move is not about empowering women this move is a move of wokeness I think there is a deep philosophical conversation involved here. I've just broached it with you, and I put forth to you that Senator Jack Reed has never had that conversation with himself a day in his life. That's why we're us and he's him. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Bitcoin indeed under 30,000 today. I mean, it's it's gone up, it's gone down. We'll see where it ends up. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. The markets took such the hit yesterday. Uh, I mean, there was a moment the market was over 400 today. I don't even know where it is right now. Uh, it, it continues to, to bounce around. Uh, my faith in crypto is real. I'm there. I'm down with crypto. I like crypto. I'm invested in crypto. Bitcoin is actually not something I'm invested in, but I got to tell you, at this number, I'm like, huh, maybe.
Maybe, maybe, maybe at this number. I think it's high with 65,000. Do I think it gets back there? I absolutely do. And everybody I know, like, and trust within this world are all giddy. They see remarkable buying opportunity. Then again, I know some people when it wasn't at 30,000, but it was at 300. And they were in. Just, just saying some people did okay from this. But then again, if I bought at 300, I would have sold already. Who would have thought it would get to 30,000? If I'd bought at 300 and got to 3,000, I would have had to have sold. And then I'd see it at 30,000, I wouldn't know how to live with myself. So maybe this was the Lord doing me a favor that I couldn't buy at the time. Maybe that, maybe that was it. Let me bring you back over to Ben and Jerry's. So Ben and Jerry's, and we discussed this yesterday, they put out a really gross statement um, about Israel. And it's funny, when they put out the tweet, Ben and Jerry's will end sales of our ice cream in the occupied Palestinian territory. It was done on a green background, and it looked just... I I, I think that it was uh, a... um, was it a Hamas flag? Was that I, it? I noticed that too, yeah. It's what it looked like. I mean, it's scumbaggery. And I question out loud whether Ben and Jerry support Hamas. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I question out loud, producer Ari, whether Ben and Jerry of Ben and Jerry's ice cream support Hamas based on their tweet. And I leave it to them to say yes or no. What they put out is that they can no longer sell Ben and Jerry's ice cream ice cream in the occupied Palestinian territory. Well, the occupied Palestinian territory, we got to make sure we all understand each other is Israel. And then they said while Ben and Jerry's will no longer be sold in the OPT, we will st- we will stay in Israel through a different arrangement. I don't even know how that works. Meanwhile, the Israeli Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, spoke to the CEO of Unilever, which owns Ben and & Jerry's, and is like, uh, we're about to have some real problems, you and me. This will not go without a response. And it should have a response. So let me give you two. First, uh, on the morning show, I had said that I would love to set up a place where people could come throw out their ice cream. But I have a problem. I don't believe in wasting food. I don't, if you want to throw out your ice cream, that, that's fine. Shoot a video, whatever. I can't advocate for such a thing. You've got neighbors who might be going hungry and you're throwing out ice cream to make a political point. I can't. I can't do it. I had to catch myself in that. It's like when people are like, oh, I'm angry at the sports team or this athlete. I'm going to burn their jersey or I'm going to burn the shirt. Dude, some people don't have clothes. Could we, could we save our anger? Make sure people are clothed? That's my take. Now, maybe I'm taking that a little bit too far. Because, well, I referred to Ben and Jerry yesterday as Jew-hating bastards. And after long consideration, um, not only do I stand by it, I would like to be quoted. 
I'm in a level of outrage about this that cannot be rationally understood. When you look at their statement, their statement is not one that discusses Israeli policy. They are not discussing values, which how could they be opposed to democracy that Israel is? They are not discussing specifics. They claim that they hear and recognize the concerns shared by their fans and trusted partners. So they were pushed into this decision, even though they may very well align with this decision. But when you make the statement that you're not going to sell in the occupied Palestinian territory, you may think you're engaged in a word manipulation and a word play. The rest of us see it clearly for what it is. You are playing in the world of BDS, boycott, divestment, and sanction. You believe that Israel is nothing more than occupied Palestinian territory and shouldn't exist. Whether they mean it or not, I can do nothing about until they say something about it. But it is clear from the statement, it is clear from the tweet that that is their intention until they make some kind of correction, which I'm telling you will never, ever come. They're not going to give corrections. It's not who they are. It's not what they do. Why? As I said yesterday, these are people who gave up their Judaism for liberalism and supplanted their humanity with their ideology. That's what we're witnessing. Instead of utilizing their position to have conversations, to push ideas, to question things, no. They go down the road of Israel should not exist. And that's why you can throw out your ice cream. Yes, I'd rather you fed people, but, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna get uh, coupons to another ice cream shop, and you throw out your ice cream, and I'll give you a coupon to another ice cream shop. That's what I was gonna do. I was gonna sit outside, right there on Monument Circle. People could drive by and and toss their ice cream, and there I'd be, and, and there's your coupon. There you go. I don't know. Collect a couple hundred pints or whatever it was, and that'd be it. I do. I gotta admit, I have a hard time telling people to throw out food. But I, it doesn't mean that I couldn't have a, an ice cream social of my own. I guess I could do that, producer Ari. I, I, sure. Right? You could scoop ice cream for people. Yeah, I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, you, got, you, got, you got some forearms. Huge. You got to get in there. Right? Or should we just have like, like the cups? The cups of ice cream? Or, sh- or should we get like a soft serve machine? I do love soft serve. Who doesn't love soft serve? I think what's most strange uh, about this is that, uh, by the way, Israel is still shows up when you're on the Ben and Jerry's website and you look at all the countries, Israel is still there. That's funny. Oh, I just clicked on it. Benandjerry.co.il. Yeah, yeah, they got a, they got a whole site in Hebrew. Ha! Oh, that's awesome. That's just so terrific. Look at <laughs> Dear Lord, you losers, get your marketing together, would you? 
by the way, that not only do they talk about their values, they talk about their progressive values. Social and economic justice, human rights and dignity. This is Ben and Jerry's. And they're allowed to do all of that. But they don't believe that Israel has the right to exist. This is what they're saying. So now we have to make decisions. And my strong take yesterday, I have come to realize, wasn't actually strong enough. If you own a company and you could so easily be swayed to give up your soul for fear of retribution, maybe you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, what kind of person did my father raise? Maybe you have to ask yourselves, um, what matters more? See, the NBA answered this question. They said profit. They said profit matters more. Yeah, but they're sending Uyghur Muslims into uh, labor camps while they're blindfolded and, and, and bound. And uh, LeBron James said, uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Cool. I still get paid, right? That's what he said. That's what the NBA said. They said it with one voice. And the one guy who said he stood with the Hong Kongers got eviscerated. That was Daryl Morey, the former uh, GM there with the Houston Rockets. Nobody in the NBA is going to stand up and say China's wrong? No one? Is no one going to stand up in the business world and say Ben and Jerry's is wrong? Because of course they are. They aren't good and kind and decent and caring, and they don't actually favor people's rights. They sided with a terrorist organization. Tony, you can't say that. Well... Bennett's official Twitter account, this is Naftali Bennett, the Prime Minister, emphasized that from the perspective of the State of Israel, this is an action that has severe consequences, including legal, and it will take strong action against any boycott directed against its citizens. By the way, we understand that Unilever is a pretty big company, right? I mean, Unilever has got some, some brands to it. Let's see if I can uh, learn uh, the, the, the brands, shall we? Um, okay, so do you want the food and refreshment brands or do you want the beauty and care brands? We'll go with the beauty and care brands. Uh, Axe, uh, Dove, uh, what, what else they, they, they got that, that, that we know? Um, uh, th those are some, some European brands right there. Oh, Noxzema. Yeah, because that's because that's small. Q-tips, nobody uses those. Suave and Tresemme. Oh, Tresemme! I I actually use one of their products. They got the Alberto VO5 and some Vaseline. I the producer already uses the Vaseline. Just uh, from what I'm told. Let's see their food and refreshment brands over at Unilever. Briars, Hellman's. Oh, Hellman's. What am I going to do now without their mayo? Nor, right? The, 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 the bouillon. Magnum, they do ice cream as well. Pure Leaf, 
That's a, that's a Unilever uh, a brand right there. What would you do for a Klondike bar? That's that's them. Let me see. You see what what else what else we got? Oh, there's a lot of brands all around the globe. They've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of brands right there. Huh. All right. Well, you'll have to decide what to do. You'll have to decide what what you buy from them and and what it is that that you don't. Luckily, there's a lot of lot of uh, ways to get around what it is they sell. Though they 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 sell a lot of things. They sell a lot of things. It's not a small company. Decisions like this aren't made willy nilly. You think Ben and Jerry made this decision without Unilever knowing? Nah, that's not what happened. They knew what they were doing. They showed you who they are. And I'm not interested in trying to find ways to disagree with them. You bought the ice cream, eat the ice cream. Just don't buy it again. I don't think you should buy ice cream from Jew-hating bastards. I'm Tony Katz. I think it's time to let go. The Fauci Walensky testimony. Everyone but wants me mask mandates back. Masks, there's no science. There's no science on masks at all. And in any way. But they're keep pushing it. They keep pushing masks like it's something we all need. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. What they're going to do to your kids. What they're going to do to your kids. Can you imagine them another year in school with masks? It's. It's just going to be ugly. And I'm not so sure that every single parent um, is going to be good with sending their kids back. To a school where they have to wear masks, even though kids don't die from COVID, and uh, most importantly, if 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 I may, um, they uh, the masks don't do anything because the masks don't do anything. I had a I had a graph. I don't know where it went. I had a graph uh, showing that if you take a look at what's going on in the UK, there it is. The UK confirmed COVID nineteen cases and deaths. The cases are up right now because of the Delta variant out of India. But the deaths aren't. The deaths are still playing close to that zero place. They've been uncoupled from the uh, fr- fr- from the virus. Deaths and the virus no longer go hand in hand, at least. That's the data so far from the UK. But I'll, I'm going to get into... Uh, more, more uh, of that. Uh, a couple of housekeeping things, because I've been asked about some things. The stuff I'm doing over at Red State, redstate.com, you can use promo code Tony. No, I'm sorry, it's CATS. Oh, it's promo code CATS, K-A-T-Z, and you become a VIP member. We're doing a video series that's exclusively over at redstate.com. It's part of the town hall group. It's called the DC Outsider. I think I think they unleash my first video tomorrow. There's two videos a week. 
Uh, so very much looking forward to that, and hopefully that continues to go and grow and build and create some, some great opportunity there. So that's over at redstate.com. DC Outsider, but you got to be a VIP. You got to join there. Use uh, promo code CATS, K A T Z. And then I've been asked, you know, Tony, you do, you do the, the My Pillow commercials, and, uh, you know, uh, how, how do you feel about that? I don't think I agree with Mike Lindell on, all, on everything he does politically or in the way he does it. I know My Pillow is an American company and makes products that people seem to like quite a bit. That's good enough by me. Right? Mike Lindell wants to be a little kooky or a little eccentric. Let him. It's not calling on hating people. It's not calling on attacking people. I think he's serious about the election. I think he's a little misguided on one or two parts of it. Just wanted to share those things, get them out of the way. Tomorrow, everyone, I'm Tony Katz.